This is our sixth session on Colossians 3, 1 to 4, and I promised last time that we would focus on your life is hidden with Christ in God. Let's read it in context. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, which you have if you're a Christian, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died. So you have been, you've died and you have been raised. And your life, this new resurrection life here, is not your old life, your ordinary life. This is your new life after being united with Christ and dying with him and rising with him. Now your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then, then you won't be hidden anymore. You will appear with him in glory. So, Father, as we ponder what it means that right now, as we are doing this look at the book session, Christians' lives are hidden with Christ in God. Would you show us what that means and give us patience between this and this? This is where we live right now. Grant, I pray that we would have patience and great hope built on the fact that we are alive. A true life is hidden with you, and it will be manifest someday for the whole world to see. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why would Paul say this? Why, why does he feel the need to say this? Why not just say, you have died? And you have been raised, and you should seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Why, why does he feel obliged to say, this new life of yours is hidden with Christ in God? And wouldn't you agree that the reason is surely that we just don't look like resurrection? <laughs> you don't. You know, I mean, be honest, get in front of a mirror, compare yourself with the other people around you, look at yourself, young or old, you're not a resurrection. You, you don't look like anything different from anybody else. And yet, this is what he says about us. Not only are we raised, it says he has now reconciled you in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless, and above reproach before him. So we're supposed to be on our way, at least, to holiness and blamelessness and above reproach. Oh my goodness, this would be glorious if we shone in the world like this. We don't. We don't. Or Colossians 2.10, you have been filled in him 
who is the head of all rule and authority. We don't look like we are filled with the head of all rule and authority. You just look ordinary. You get a bald head or you got fatty tissue where you wish it weren't and your eyes are wearing out and your ears are wearing out or you're young and foolish. (laughs) We just are so painfully ordinary. And yet, we're supposed to be new creatures. Colossians 3.10, you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. We are a new creation, risen from the dead, new creation, and we don't look like it, and yet we're new. So, he says, your life is hidden. And he's, he's not the only one who talks this way. And uh, this isn't the only place that he said this. Consider, for example, this amazing passage. The creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. What does that mean? It means the same thing as Colossians 3. Your life is hidden. It's going to appear when he appears in glory. Only Paul here says, the creation, all of creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The son, you don't look like a son of God. You look like a son of man. You look like every other man or woman. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. You know what this teaches? This teaches that the whole creation is waiting for the revealing of the children before it gets renewed, which implies the universe exists for the sons of God, not the other way around. The children of God will be revealed someday, and they will be revealed freed from this subjection here, and freed from this corruption here, freedom. And there will be great glory for the children of God, and then all creation will be conformed to the glory of the children of God. Or here it is again in First John. See what kind of love the Father has shown to us that we should be called the children of God? Breathtaking. And so we are. We are. In spite of what it looks like, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. He didn't look like it either. They killed him. How can you crucify a son of God by not seeing it? Beloved, we are God's children now. We are. We are. And what we will be has not yet appeared. That's the same as Colossians 
34, when he appears, we will appear with him in glory. But for now, not so. We are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. That's the point here. Then you also will appear with him in glory. He'll be glorious, and you will reflect his glory as you behold him. And here it is again in 1 Corinthians 15. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown, that is, when we die, we're like seed being sown. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. What is sown in it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is a spiritual body. There's the difference between the you of the now. You, when you die, You'll probably have a diaper on curled up in a fetal position in a nursing home at age 90. That's dishonor, weakness, natural. And oh, when you are raised from the dead, it won't be perishable, dishonorable, weak, and natural anymore. It will be imperishable, glorious, powerful, spiritual. That's the difference between the hidden of our true life in Christ now, and all the glory of being a raised child of God. But when he appears, we will appear with him in great glory. This is what we need to be absolutely sure of if we're going to walk with integrity and boldness and humility and courage. We need to believe this, Matthew 13, 43. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. You can't look at the sun. You go blind if you look at the sun. But we're going to shine like the sun, which means that both we and other believers who inherit eternal life are going to have to have glorified new eyes so we can bear the sight of each other's sun-like glory. Let me end with a quote from C.S. Lewis from back in the 1900s. <laughs> Lewis was a scholar, a literature scholar at the Cambridge and in Oxford, and, uh, or the other way around, I guess, Oxford and then Cambridge. And here's what he said. The dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. That's true of all believers. We will be so glorious that if we saw each other now the way we're going to look then, we would be tempted to worship each other. Or a horror and a corruption, such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare, 
all day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations. This is what Paul is saying here. You right now don't look like it, but if you could see yourself or other Christians now, you would be strongly tempted to worship because you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ has secured this appearing of a glorious you.